Deutsche Welle. Learning by Ear. Listen up. Shape your future. Hello and welcome to another episode of Once Upon a Time in Africa, the Learning by Ear series about African history. Today, June proudly shows Grandpa a gift her friend Linda gave her, a necklace to bring her good fortune. According to Grandpa Peter, it's an amulet. Stay with us and find out more about traditional religions and how, a long, long time ago, they slowly gave way to other beliefs. Islam, for instance. <laughs> hey, my little girl. Hey, wait a minute. Now, where did you get that necklace? Oh, ah, I see. A smart boy from your class gave it to you, right? <laughs> no, Grandpa. It was Linda who gave it to me. To bring me good luck. To bring you good luck? Oh, let me have a look at it. <laughs> Do you like it? <sighs> This is an amulet. A very nice amulet. Amulet? What is that, Grandpa? An amulet daughter is an object that you use to bring you good luck. To protect you from curses or help cure an illness. There are amulets for everything. Oh, do you see these Arabic letters engraved in the amulet? They are verses from the Quran. It must be a prayer. This kind of amulets only came with Islam. In earlier times, amulets were much simpler. They could even be a shell. Huh? Verses from the Quran? And shells used to bring good fortune? Before Christianity... And before even Islam arrived in sub-Saharan Africa, people already had their religions. And also, their special people believed to have powers to help others. Like when one is ill, for instance. The witch doctor is someone who is said to know how to handle herbs in order to cure ill people. But it's also believed to be good at more extensive things, like rescuing a land from drought. There is even a legend that goes like this. Around the year of 1050, the lad of the Badinka in Mali was experiencing a big drought. Imagine dad is the king, Bara Medana, and is now talking to his counselor. What shall I do, Muravi? Tell me, my people are starving and me, I'm absolutely powerless. There will be a solution, Your Majesty. Rain will come now. My last hope lies on the sorcerers and the priests. Moravi, try to calm down, Your Majesty. They have been praying for days. Ah, tell the musicians to stop that music. I feel like my head is going to explode at any moment. Yes, Your Majesty. I, 
I don't know if your majesty has heard about a Muslim who is in the city. And for what reason would a Muslim bring rain after none of my sorcerers or priests did? They are doing their best. And what has happened so far? Uh, 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 nothing, your majesty. It's just that he's a marabou and I thought that maybe we could try. He's a what? He's a marabou, your majesty. A sort of priest uh, of the Islamic religion. Ah. Um, uh, Muravi. Yes, your majesty. For my people, I will do anything. Let that marabou come. For my people, you are my witness, Moravi. Let him come. I don't understand, Grandpa. Why did the king of the Mandinka accept his counselor's suggestion if he believes in the gods of the traditional religion? Well, for many reasons. One of them is the fact that kings at that time used to protect all the religions of their people to avoid conflicts and retain their power. Ah, smart kings. Right, Grandpa? <laughs> they were. But that also shows that traditional religions were open to new beliefs. At that time, in the 11th century, there were already Muslims south of the Sahara. But Islam hadn't become the official religion of those regions yet. And did it become official? Of course it did. It still is today. I have already told you about that. Islam came through trade. The desert caravans came from the Muslim north and brought not only goods for sale, but also some influence and new ideas. And where did all those caravans come from? Ah, well, I know about one. The one that went to Kanembonu. You see? That was one of them, yes. Another one went from Kairouan in Tunisia to Kano in the north of Nigeria. And one linked Algeria with Mali. Talking about Mali, Grandpa, tell me the rest of the legend. Did the Marabu manage to bring rain? Your Majesty called me? <clears throat> yes. Thank you for coming. How can I serve your majesty? Well, as you probably know, my realm is suffering from the effects of a long drought. The animals are dying. And what's worse, the people too. I've tried to bring rain through my sorcerers and priests. And nothing happened. Tell me. Can you make rain fall over my realm? Yes, your majesty, I can. I can. Are you serious? Yes. I will bring rain to this land if your majesty will convert to my religion and assist me in a prayer. Your majesty has just to say amen at the end of each verse. Ah, 
Ah, uh, Moravi? Yes, your majesty. You are my witness. Um for my people, I will do anything. But now, please let us pray. Yes, your majesty. Oh Allah, let us be covered with thick clouds that have abundant and beneficial rain. Let the rains come down upon us and cover the land with life-giving water. Amen. Oh Allah. So, are you happy with the end of the story? <laughs> there was rain at last. <laughs> and the king of the Madenka converted to Islam. Well, this is just a legend. So, you cannot believe everything in that story. But it shows how African traditional religions have coexisted for a long time and still do with other religions like Islam or Christianity. And this is the end of the fourth episode of Once Upon a Time in Africa, the Learning by Ear series about African history. You can listen to this or other Learning by Ear episodes again and write your comments about the program by visiting our website at www.dwworld.de forward slash LBE. Goodbye until next time.